Hey everybody, welcome in the inaugural wrap. Well, Tom Mazaway and friends, I got lots of friends with me today. Welcome in on a midday. It's a Wednesday here. NRM Studios, NRMStreamcast.com. You can catch us uh, anytime there on your smart TV, your smartphones. We got it all going for you, and we're going to chat with you about anything you want to chat about, mainly sports. It used to be, I wanted to call it sports rap. Kind of got. Uh, strong-armed into calling it the rap, but right. I kind of, I kind of dig it. With my, with me today, and Tom Mazaway in the studio, we got one of our friends here, Corey Stewart. Hello from the Baseball Mainly Show. It's nice to be here, Maz. A couple of mainstays. We got him. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming in and yeah. hanging out with me. I love talking sports. We always talk sports out in the, uh, out in the vestibule That's in the right. hall and uh-huh. around the, uh, the bullpen, as we call it. Right. Might as well talk it right now. Exactly. And our producer Ethan Perlman in the house, the stat man. It's great to be here. You know, hey, we're man. gonna not talk baseball right now. Or we might. You never gonna, know. No, it's all talking, sports now. Hey, it's October. All sports. It's, it's all a, sports. October is my favorite month, not only because it's the best weather mm-hmm. of the year, and Halloween's my favorite with Christmas. Yeah, I do okay. love Halloween like and that. Christmas. Not a Thanksgiving guy? I used to be. Okay. You know, but the Lions have kind of wrecked it for me over <laughs> the years. <laughs> Actually, no. I'm so uh, proud to be a Detroiter now. Yeah. I've been here for 26 years. That's and right. I, tra- I rarely miss a, a Thanksgiving game. That's awesome. And so, no, I, I do like Thanksgiving as well. Probably number three. Okay. Maybe four behind um, New Year's. Oh, yeah. Gotta New, get Year's. New Year's. Gotta get New Year's. Gotta get New Year's. Uh-huh. So, it's a great, it's a, it's a sporgy month. So, everything mm-hmm. comes together. You mm-hmm. got the baseball playoffs. Mm-hmm. Which I think are second to none. Yep. Uh, I know the NHL playoffs get really hot, uh, and the NFL, of course, it's one and done. Sure. But baseball, man, I don't know. I I just love it. I love it. I used to like it a lot more when this series, would, the AL Championship, the NL Championship, would be five best of five. Yeah. Before you guys were born, it was best of five. No, I remember best of Do five. You remember I was best still five? around. Yeah. I I liked it. Man. I don't know. I remember best of seven. I I, 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 I am younger than Corey, right. so. And the ALDS, at least that's best of five. Mm-hmm. And then the one game playoff yep. uh, back in the day used to be a best of three in the early rounds of like mm-hmm. the NHL, NHL. the NBA, mm-hmm. yep. because you know the teams that snuck in. They gave him just a you know three games mm-hmm. to a try little, to upset. A little try, yeah, yeah, a little try. And so, some of them did. I remember back. They did. In the day. Yeah, some made of them some did. great upsets mm-hmm. back in the day. Well, the WNBA does the same thing right now. It's they like do. the first two rounds are one game, and then yeah. it's like best of three, and the finals is a best of five. Mm-hmm. They have a great idea. This the product isn't the best thing in the right. world, but they do have some great ideas. Yeah, and they do try them out. I think mm-hmm. uh, for the NBA and see what works and what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So you got the baseball playoffs. You got the football, which is in full swing right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the trade deadline, which is coming up on October 29th. I know. A couple of big trades yesterday. Huge. And then you got the NHL starting. We're in you know week two or three already. Mm-hmm. Red Wings, yeah. we'll talk about them. Yep. They're right in the middle, three and three right now. And then the NBA, preseason. Getting started. LeBron putting his foot in his mouth, as always. <laughs> and, you know, hey, let's start it off with around the league. We'll kind of do like a sports update, and a MLB playoff update. By the way, Dan Dickerson. The voice of the Tigers joins us in just a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Good friend of mine, and will be a great friend of the program, and just a great guy to have on the air. Yep. He could talk anything. Matter of fact, we, he could talk football with Dan. He was texting me during the Monday night game, and it's late in the game. And he's like, I don't like where this is going. Before you know it, about a minute to go in the game, he's like, I just shut it off. I can't watch it anymore. <laughs> we'll talk to him about that. Uh-huh. But Let's start off in our favorite sport, which is baseball. and. Uh, big win yesterday for the Washington Nationals, the Montreal Expos of uh, yesteryear. Yeah, they made it to their first World Series. They knock off the Cardinals seven to four. They win the series four games to none. They outscored the Cardinals twenty to five. 
So a sweep Huge. for the Nationals. I mean, Huge. who would have thought that in the beginning of this playoff that the Nationals were going to sweep away the Cardinals? Right. Well, that first game that that uh, you know they had, and you just saw the Nationals coming out and pitching really well. I mean, Anibal Sanchez, Scherzer, they were just lights out. I mean, no really hitter was. into no the eighth inning for Annabelle. Eighth, Annabelle. In the following game, no hitter into the sixth for right. Max Scherzer. First mm-hmm. time that's ever happened. Yeah. Back to well, back games. Two former Tigers. Actually, <laughs> it's the first time they've done it back to back. They did it in 2013 with the Tigers. Yeah. With Annabelle going yep. five no hit innings and mm-hmm. Scherzer. So they're the first duo to do it twice. Yeah. And with. Both leagues. I like to see them back on the same team. They work well together. It's that one-two punch. And when they were here with the Tigers, it was a one-two punch. And then you add Verlander in there. I know. But you had, with you had, them, you had to add Price in there too for that one run too. Well, it's a, it's a great. I think that's what really threw the uh, the Cardinals off was to see Anibal and that changeup, that butterfly mm-hmm. changeup, and then seeing that speed and that arm release of what he has and just really smooth. And he got back to his mechanics because yep. he had a couple of years where he just lost it. And then all of a sudden you see Scherzer where he's throwing heat and he's throwing everything except for the kitchen sink. And it really kind of threw the Cardinals off on their hitting. I think you're mm-hmm. right. I mean, like you said, twenty to five. That break I mean, that breaks your back. Those first two games yeah. had to break their spirit. And mm-hmm. they, they were a good team coming in. Huge. And with great pitching and they always play great defense. So the Nationals got out yesterday, score seven runs in the first inning. And <laughs> they don't look back after that. Dakota nope. Hudson relieved after five runs by Adam Wainwright. But mm-hmm. that was a weird when they brought Adam Wainwright in with, you know, two guys on mm-hmm. and the score was already five nothing at the time and gives up the other two runs. He's not that's not for him. And I remember the yeah. announcers yeah. even saying Ron Darling, especially saying, I don't know if I would have brought him in at that point. By then it was too late anyway. It was right. five nothing. They gave up the two runs. They went it uh, seven to four going away. How about Max Scherzer? We gotta hear from Max Scherzer, the former Tiger, don't we? Yeah, I, I definitely think we do. Um I, I've said this before publicly. I love Scherzer as a player. In this moment, he was very genuine with his reaction, but I've had interactions with Scherzer that don't make me a fan of him. Well, we got to talk about that. Because I don't know if a lot of people know that, well, this is the first time anyone's listening to this particular show, but you were a Tigers bat boy. Mm -hmm. And I want to bring that up when Dan Dickerson's on. Yeah. (laughs) Let's hear from from our ex Tiger, Max Scherzer, right now. Last night, after the National 7 4 win. Max, the Washington Nationals are headed to the World Series for the first time in franchise history. What does this mean to you? Uh, it means everything. Um, we've grinded and we've been in some dog fights in the postseason to finally punch through. And the way we've done it, and the way we've done it as a team, uh, I, I'm lost, I mean, I lost words. What was the best part of this series? Now. <laughs> I mean, you can't just put one finger on it. There are so many moments. Uh, I mean, throughout the whole postseason, from the wild card to DS to now in the championship series, I mean, just the way we've responded and we've collectively played together, uh, it's just an unbelievable feeling. You're awesome to watch in the dugout, too, when you're rooting for this team. So this game four had a wild first inning, and then the team came back a little bit, the Cardinals. So what was it like for you? I mean, they're going to fight. That's a tough, tough team over there. They're a championship caliber team. You know they're never going to go away. And it it just took everybody to go out there and do their jobs. And, man, uh, we did it. What are you thinking about now heading into a World Series where your team will have a little bit of rest, too? Yeah, we got a little rest, so, but, uh, hey, we're in the World Series. <laughs> That's all that matters. Congrats. We're excited to see you there. Thank you very much. All right, Max Scherzer, after that big win yesterday, Nationals sweep away the Cardinals to make their very first World Series, and they're going to be a tough out for uh, either Houston 
or the Yankees, or the depending Yanks. on depending on how far that American League series goes. And we know right. as Tiger yeah. fans, yeah. when the Tigers swept back in the day, they swept the A's and mm-hmm. Maglio Ordonez 13 mm-hmm. years ago, almost to the day, yep. knocked out the A's. And then he had to wait, what was it, 10 days? Yeah. yeah and right, and yeah. it killed yeah. their momentum. Yep. It killed their momentum. So happened I want to see. It happened in 12 too. Happened in when yeah. they, they mm-hmm. swept through and then. Well, and I believe in 2012 we swept both series. We did. So we only had we played, were running we only on played all the minimum games. Well, during that time, I remember Jim Leland actually, because of he was concerned about the wait time, they mm-hmm. actually went out and did a mock game yeah. to keep people fresh yeah. in the snow yeah, it was snowing. at Comerica yeah. Park. Yeah. I remember going to the World <laughs> Series. I, I was freezing, man. Yeah. I was yeah. freezing. Chilly. Very chilly. chilly. <laughs> now, how about the NLCS MVP and the guy that got him here, Howie Kendrick, Kendrick, had to be very happy after the game. He was very happy. And, you know, for a guy who just a year ago had a season-ending, I believe, Achilles injury, yeah. you know, nothing but Great joy comeback. for him. He's, he, I've always liked Howie and how he's played. I mean, he's kind of been rough and tumble, but I like... How he, how he played it, yeah. yeah, and he does that 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 grand and he, slam. He, and he's a pure hitter. He doesn't try to hit for power. He yeah. tries to hit the contact. But you know, for example, that grand slam yeah, against the yeah. that was just good hitting, and mm-hmm. you know that gave him a great lift to the NLCS and a great run to the World Series. Now, I like an underdog story. Let's hear from Howie Kendrick, shall we? Excited to be joined by the NLCS MVP, Howie Kendrick, with with his family. Uh, Howie, congratulations, Greg Amsinger, Harold Reynolds, and Hall of Famer Jim Tomey. Who are you with right What's now, up, Mr. Fellas? MVP? Uh, I got my wife Jody, my oldest Owen, and my youngest Tyson. Oh, uh, hi! So they're just hanging out. They're all excited to be on. Oh, they should <laughs> be because this is cool for their dad. Hey, uh, when you found out you were the MVP of the National League Championship Series, what was your reaction to that? You know what? It's been unbelievable, man. You know, I, I would have never asked for anything more, but, you know, I feel like our whole team's the MVP. But, you know, it's truly a special award, especially after last year coming back and being where we're at now. I mean, this is, I, I, mean, I couldn't ask for anything else. Howie, hey, Jim Tomey, congratulations. I'm so happy for you. How's it feel to be going to the World Series? You know, it's unbelievable, man. You know, here I am at, towards the end of my career, and, you know, when they say old guys can't play anymore, I mean, <laughs> we're still here. So, you know what, it's, it's, it's phenomenal, man. I, I couldn't, like I said, I couldn't ask for anything more. You know, after years and years of playing, this is what you want. You know, you, we thrive every year to make it to the World Series, and, you know, I finally get an opportunity. All right. Howie Kendrick, and thank you, courtesy of MLB Network, by the way. I love mm-hmm. watching those guys. They do a great job. They do good. They do fun. I'm, yeah. I'm constantly watching them, even in the winter, you know, when oh, they, put on, oh, they yeah. put on an old game or uh-huh. whatever. I'm all over it. So the Nationals wait for the either the Yankees or the Astros. Right now it's looking like the Astros. They win ALCS game number three. They win it yesterday pretty handily. Uh, they get out to a 4 nothing lead. Mm-hmm. They win it 4-1. to But Garrett Cole was on the ropes quite a few times in that game, bit. especially early. Yeah. Bases loaded twice. Yep. Yankees couldn't get the hit when they needed. Nope. And you know they, a lot of people complaining that the ball is not the same. And it's not, probably. Sure. But, you know, uh, the Astros hit two home runs. Yeah. So, I, as a Yankee fan, you know, I can't complain about it. Sure. They had them when they wanted them yesterday. They yeah. had... Garrett Cole not at his best yesterday, no. and they could not put him away. No, and it it was uh, it, he. It looked like he struggled because I watched a little bit of that game yesterday, and it, it, he looked like he was kind of losing a little bit of his command. But you know, when it when it took time, when he had bases juice with two outs, he stepped up. I mean, he did. I mean, he really knew how to correct the, his his 
approach to whoever yeah. was at bat. And, you know, it was a grind for both teams, I think. I well, think the Yankees are missing uh, you know, Gary Sanchez is like completely lost right yeah. now. Yeah. And not only that, he commits an error in the seventh inning with the bases loaded. He lets mm-hmm. a ball get by him mm-hmm. instead of blocking it. He's, I mean, his head is completely messed up right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, Austin Romine is your backup catcher. He's not, a, you know, a great hitter. He can catch. He's a very good yeah. defensive catcher. Mm-hmm. But he has the problem that Aaron Boone's running into. He trots out Adam Adevito, who was mm-hmm. completely lost as well. Right. Gives up two hits, yep. two batters. They take him out, and then you bring in. Uh, the former Oriole closer, uh, Zach Britton. Zach Britton. Yeah. Yeah, and Britton. He's, you know, he's against the ropes already. I mean, yeah. well, his, and, his head. And it doesn't help, though, that Zach Britton is not 100%. Right no, now, right. if it becomes a battle of the bullpens over these next four games, mm-hmm. if it goes seven, the Yankees' bullpen, in my opinion, they won't be 100%. And if they somehow end up winning the ALCS... I don't see it being more than a five-game series for the World Series. Yeah. Because they're going to have no rest going into that World Series. That bullpen's going to have thrown at least 20 innings this series alone. Mm-hmm. Well, he has to change his way. As, uh, Aaron Boone's got to change the way he manages them. Yeah. If yeah. you can't use your bullpen, you got to leave your guys in a little bit longer. You know, I think Boone has actually done really well, I think, in terms of managing where he's Bringing pieces in, taking pieces out, and everything, and you know, it's a grind between the both teams, and it's who's really gonna kind of strike first. And obviously, we've seen a lot of home runs in this series that it's it's really the just uh, determining factor. But I mean, mm-hmm. man, it's gonna be. I, th- I honestly, my opinion, this this series goes game seven. I hope you you're right. Truly, I think it does. Truly I do. I truly seven. believe game goes game seven because well, I'm not giving one or the other team more of an uh, of an advantage right now. Well, game four is supposed to be tonight at eight yeah. o'clock, and they're supposed to make a decision because it's really raining hard mm-hmm. in, in New York and New Jersey right now. Yeah, they give it a hundred percent chance of rain, so they might call this game, and that would eliminate the uh, travel day. day. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, so the Yankees would have to see uh, Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole. Twice. Twice. And Zach Greinke. And One Greinke. more time. And Keep forgetting about but, Greinke. <laughs> but the big thing right now, and I was listening to uh, MLB Network on the way uh, to my college class last night, and they were talking about the, you know, the scenario. If they get the day off today, will the Yankees go with a bullpen game for Game 4? They're saying they will. They're saying they will. To save Tanaka, because when Tanaka gets that extra day's rest, Mm -hmm. he's a lot better than when he's on shorter rest. And he'd go against Greinke again. But my only concern is the the Yankees' bullpen has struggled the last two games. Mm -hmm. Aaron Boone, do you trust that your bullpen can secure a win for nine innings? You have to. Or do you have to kind of say, hey— Tanaka, I need you to go out there. I need you to give me everything you got because we got to even th- this series up. I think before you we go, go both because you know you have to, as a manager in a in a situation like this, you have to build your team up. You have to say, I trust you guys. Go out there and do it. Right. If it fails, it fails. But if if they, their success, it's because you had somebody standing behind you saying you can do it. And we're going to talk more about the Yankees and the Astros uh, coming up. But right now, we want to go to our phone line and our guest of the day. My good friend Dan Dickerson, the Tiger's voice, joins us now on The Wrap with Maz and Friends. What's up, Dan? Danny, are you there? Yeah. There you are. How you doing, Tommy? Good, buddy. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Absolutely. How's the off season going for you so far? 
The off season is rolling right along. We're already three weeks in. It's like, wait a minute, where's the time go? <laughs> hey, say hi, say hi to Corey and uh, Ethan. They're hi, in Dan. the studios with us. How you us. doing? Corey, Ethan, how you guys doing? Doing great. Doing great. Hey, Dan, we were just chatting about, of course, the playoffs, and you've been watching them just like us and tweeting and texting back and forth. And last <laughs> night we, we saw the Nationals – you can go on and uh, sweep away the Cardinals four straight, man. And they beat them twenty to five uh, on the scoreboard, which is amazing in its own in its own right. And how about all these Tiger pitchers? Max Scherzer, Annabelle Sanchez, <laughs> Fernando Rodney, and then not you know JV on uh, with the Astros. What'd you take from this series? And what do you think about the Nationals? As a buddy of mine pointed out, if if the Nationals go on to win the World Series, that means every member of the twenty thirteen rotation of the Tigers. Will have won a World Series since leaving the Tigers. Oh my God. <laughs> Think about that. Uh-huh. Unbelievable, uh huh. Unbelievable. So you know, I, I've enjoyed watching the playoffs. I, I tape every game, and you know, if I if I can't watch it, I like to go fast forward through it. Like the the two one Yankee uh, game the other day in Houston, where Correa walked it off. Uh, haven't watched last night's game yet because I wasn't around. But I, I mean, I love watching it. I love the drama. I love what the Nationals are doing. I just. I wanted more than anything for Max Scherzer to be in a World Series this year, and it and it came true. But that Game Five against the Dodgers—that that's my favorite game of the postseason so far. I agree with you, Dan. I mean, honestly, seeing Max Scherzer and, and you know being a life uh, lifetime Tigers fan, him ha- being here and doing what he did, and then obviously making the choice to move on and, and sign a bigger contract with Washington, I really wanted to see success for him. Yeah, he, he's fun to watch. I mean, I mm-hmm. and he's just he's a good. He's a good guy. I mean, he's just—he's an interesting person. He's a thinker, and he's uh, very analytical in his approach to pitching, and always has been. And but just to see how he—I mean, I was just—you know—I knew he'd been good, but just when you really take a close look at how good he has been and how consistent he's been with the Nationals. I mean, he was good with the Tigers too. But mm-hmm. and again, the move to the National League—don't discount that that can help certain pitchers like like Anibal Sanchez. Right. But Max Scherzer just been phenomenally consistent. Mm-hmm. year in and year out. And that just, that, that just speaks to the dedication he has to his craft. That's right. Dan Dickerson, our our, our, our guest today, on The Wrap with uh, Maz and Friends here on NRM Studios, NRM Streamcast. And I know Ethan wants to ask you a question, Dan, but here's something about Ethan that you don't know. He was a Tigers ball boy. This kid, Bat Boy, excuse me. I didn't mean to exchange, you know, rat you out there. Uh, I, mean, I mean, same difference for what I did, yeah. <laughs> What years did you do that? Uh, the twenty. So I started at the end of the twenty fourteen season through the twenty eighteen season. Um, unfortunately, didn't get a lot of games under my belt because during those years I was also uh, on the Bowling Green State University baseball coaching staff. Nice. So oh wow! When I was able to be in town and work, it was a great experience. It was great interacting with some of the guys. I was there the day we traded for David Price. I will never forget that day. Oh yeah, had a beautiful exchange with Austin Jackson. Amazing. That was a. I still have that picture in my mind of him walking off the field in mid inning, oh getting God. that standing ovation. Dan, of yeah. course, you were there calling it. Yeah. How'd that feel that day? I, I get chills just thinking yeah. about it just because it was so unusual and just how it unfolded, kind of in slow motion. It's like, wait, what? You want me to come in? And then because everybody <laughs> knew that it was a trade deadline, and it, it's like this slow realization through the crowd. Oh, something's going on. And then the nice, my memory is, really nice ovation for Austin Jackson because people realized he'd just been traded probably. Mm-hmm. 
and just one of the all-time good guys in the game. I, just a, a, and and you obviously saw it from from the clubhouse side. Yeah, I was yeah. A, I was actually inside the clubhouse when uh, Dave Dombrowski came down and had gone into a private room and that you could hear them cheering because they had just traded for Price. And uh, Austin comes up the tunnel. You know, he interacts with everybody in the clubhouse, thanks them for their service, you know, gives us a hug. It was a genuine appreciation for the organization. Honestly, he was one of my favorite guys, so it was hard to see him go. You you get a chance to see the guys when when there's nobody around, and that's I think that's when you kind of get a good measure of a of a person, don't you? Yeah, definitely. I wanted to ask you how keeping in that clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Were you there when Price was there? I so yeah, because I, there was a time when didn't they have to go get him to come out, and Brad Ospis wanted him to. Am I, am I right, Dan? On this one, didn't they have to go get him to try to get him out and, and pitch again? He he took like took himself out of the game. No. My memory is that it was a miscommunication about whether he was done or not. Oh, because oh good. David Price would not just take himself out of a yeah. game. No. <laughs> and David Price had a ritual every game that he, you know, once he was done pitching, he came into yeah. the clubhouse, he grabbed a plate of food, he grabbed a beer, <laughs> and he sat in the kitchen and he ate. Um, and it was, you know, it, cool. a lot of players had their rituals. I remember every time that uh, Victor Martinez was, you know, either he had just finished in that bat or. Whoever was batting in front of him made the third out, and he wasn't in the field. He was immediately right back into the uh, video uh, video room, watching uh-huh. what the sequence was of the previous few batters, and saying, you know, getting ready for his at bat, whether wow. he had just gotten out or he was just about to be up. See, who knew you'd get all that's this inside info? People don't Ethan. get to see that, that <laughs> side of things. And yeah. that's, that's what made him such a good hitter for so long, the dedication yeah. to making sure that everything he could do, because that, that can be a tough job, DH only. And he obviously put everything into it. Mm-hmm. Hey, Dan, these two guys I'm with, they do a show with Jess Monticello here called Baseball Mainly. And it's the only strictly baseball show <laughs> in the Detroit area. And these guys, they know the minor leagues. I mean, Ethan is like, they call him the stat man for a reason. And you know, he's bringing up all these players uh, that, that can come up. And what do you know about the future of this Detroit Tiger team? I mean, people are looking at it. I mean, it's a slow move right now. Let's face it. It is, but first of all, baseball mainly. I got to write this down. You do. I'm still looking for that good baseball podcast. Not that there aren't some good ones out there, but just nothing's really grabbed me in terms of what I'm looking for. So if it's if a lot of concentration on the minor leagues and around baseball, I'm in. I've got it written down. They want to. They want to have you in live as a guest one of these days. <laughs> uh, I look at the. I mean. To me, this is the most interesting thing when people criticize the pace of the rebuild. It's like, okay, how do we measure mm-hmm. whether a rebuild is on the right track and is progressing and is following what might be considered a quote-unquote normal timeline for a rebuild? Mm-hmm. I mean, what what is our template? Is it Kansas City seven-year template? <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, that. That doesn't happen very often the way they did it. Just homegrown and a key veteran or two. Uh, that doesn't happen very often. Or is it more, you know, the hybrid of you, you build the farm system and then at the right time you add that key free agent or two or three. So that's what I'm trying to figure out right now. You're basically two years and three months into this rebuild by the baseball schedule. I, I go back to the trade of J.D. Martinez. That to me is like, okay, that's the beginning of the rebuild, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, and so have they progressed as a farm system in terms of overall talent and where they are ranked? Absolutely. They've gone from bottom five to, I would say, the national consensus. If you average them all together, they're probably right around 10. Uh, that's my best sense of where the national consensus is on where the Tigers farm system is. They're as high as six. They're as low as 13, 14. So, yes, they've ad- absolutely added more talent. Do they have high-end talent in the minor leagues? Because it's not just that you've got a lot more talent there, but how about the high-end talent? Well, it's all, all on the pitching side, but do they have that? Yes. And I think Tarek Skubal's advancement and progression this year has really been a significant uh, addition in that category, which you have to have, not just the depth of your farm system, but you have the high-end guys who mm-hmm. have the high ceiling. And now you've got Casey Mize, consensus top three in the minor leagues. You've got Matt Manning, I think, consensus top 30. And Scoobal, I've seen absolutely into the top 50. Uh, and, and that's a big deal to me, having three pitchers in the top 50 in the minor leagues. And I think Tarek Scoobal is the guy who's come so fast that people are thinking he might be the best of the three of them. And that's no knock on Mize or Manning. Right. Dan Dickerson. So the, the whole thing to me is, all right, are these guys progressing? Yes. Is there a, I mean, Alavila makes no bones about it. There's, they need a bat. There's no impact bat in the farm system. Mm-hmm. And that is, if not a problem, it certainly is a need that has to be addressed. And so the whole next year is all about do those guys continue to advance? And I think you need, in any rebuild, you need that guy who surprises you. That hitter that, I mean, come on, how many years has it been since they've had a hitter developed through their farm system out of college. I can't, I mean, Tony Clark? Yeah. <laughs> is, is that the last one? Uh, I mean, seriously, Brandon Inns was a nice hit, but was he impact bat? No, he was a no. good player. Mm-hmm. Also, he an impact bat. So in other words, is there a guy down there who just might, and it seems like everybody, you know, whether it's Max Muncy or Justin Turner, or you can go around the league, it, it's mm-hmm. that late bloomer who suddenly, Hunter Dozier, suddenly clicks at age 26, 27 and becomes an impact bat. That's what they really need because they're going to yeah. have to trade and they're probably going to have to sign a free agent. But right now, I mean, that's that's the biggest area of need. Dan Dickerson, the voice of the Tigers, joined us on the wrap here on NRM Streamcast. Uh, Dan, one more question about uh, about the Tigers minors here from Ethan, and then we'll move on. And Joe Madden, by the way, is the new Angels manager. We'll talk about that in a minute. That's a shocking development. Shocking. <laughs> um, my, my big question is, so... The Tigers last year took uh, Riley Green with their first pick in the draft. Um, they got the number one pick this year going into this year's draft. Do, do you see them selecting the best overall talent, whether that be position player or pitcher? Or if it's, you know, no bones about it, they have to pick a position player? No, I think, I mean, as dull as it may sound, I think you always, the strategy never changes. You take the guy that you feel is the number one, mm-hmm. no matter what your need is, because what you're doing is you're just trying to narrow the margin for error on whether that guy is going to become a major leaguer. And there is a clear difference in value over the last <clears throat> roughly 15 years. I went back and looked at the difference between a number one pick and a number two pick in terms of what they have done at the major league level. A lot of good number twos, but if you want overall value out of the number one, I mean, it's double the value of the number two over the last 15 years, roughly. And that is measured by wins above replacement. And that, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So you can't afford to say, okay, this pitcher is the clear number one, but we need to hit her, so we're going to take this guy who's 
I think the clear two or three, uh, obviously the clear two, uh, best among hitters, but he's not as good as this pitcher. You have to take the pitcher. And then you then you get creative. And obviously if you're just stocked up on pitching, you've got six legitimate one or two starters. And at this point they could have, probably won't, but you trade one of those guys or two of those guys and to get that hitter that you need. But I don't think there's any question. The consensus is very clear. You have to take the guy that you feel is the best overall at number one. And remember how much it changed when it, you know, selected Casey Mize. Remember how much it changed in the winter of 2017-2018 into the draft in June of 2018, how much it changed over that winter in terms of who was the consensus number one. It was Brady Singer was number one, supposedly. Mm-hmm. At the end of the season, by the June draft, he was 18th. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Dan. I mean, you, honestly, you build up all these pieces in the farm system, and you see what you, you can do, even if it's a pitcher or a position player. But I think, you know, we went out and found J.D. off of waivers. I mean, we really did when we mm-hmm. brought him over. I mean, yeah. from Houston. Think about that. Yeah. I mean, and, he, and they fixed him. Uh, and they fixed him. I mean, he we had the ability to make... Not, I'm not saying that the Tigers did, but he had the ability to have a second life with the Tigers. Come back, right. really learn from Miguel Cabrera and Victor Martinez, and and kind of have this support of learning and hitting. And then he, you know, big contract in Boston. So I mean, honestly, I think in terms of what we have in our farm system, like you were saying, it's good to have these pieces, but then maybe possibly trade for some hitting or some talent that could yeah. possibly help with the what we have now in terms of pitching. And I think it's you know, I think the probably the next biggest development in terms of the use of analytics and the biggest edge that teams are going to have over one another is the ability to develop your own guys. Yeah. And to find that hidden gem mm. by using the analytics and using, okay, this guy's really, his swing path is near perfect, but what we need to get him to do is this so that he becomes a better hitter. I think Lloyd McClendon, who's now going to be bench coach, has a great understanding Mm -hmm. of the process it takes to become a major league, a good major league hitter in terms of a power hitter. It's the process. You just don't go from, (laughs) you know, being able to put the ball in play to launch angle. Okay, here, no, there's a few steps between understanding where your barrel of your bat is in the mm-hmm. strike zone and launch angle. There are a few steps in between if you're going to become a you know a power hitter that the that the Tigers need. So, right. but that's again where the analytics can come in and the teaching using it in the low minors before they get to the major leagues because and look at what he had to work with this year. He's doing a lot of teaching at the major league level of stuff that really has to be taught in the minor leagues. And right. to me, that's the next edge or the next big piece of how analytics are going to be used make your own guys better you're going to have to hit on some of these guys in the minor leagues who right now are you know putting up numbers that are maybe mediocre or don't jump out at you and see if one of those guys can be an impact bat right Speaking of analytics, Dan, no one more analytical than Joe Madden, and he gets a new gig, and you know it's not a big surprise. Although I thought the Phillies might be a late player, he is signing with the Angels. They'll make it official tomorrow, uh, so he goes there. That still leaves seven jobs open: the Cubs, Pirates, Mets, Padres, Phillies, Giants, and the Royals, the only American League club uh, besides the Angels now to not have a manager. What do you see happening here in manager roulette? Where's Joe Girardi going? Is Buck Showalter coming back? What's up, man? What do you think? I certainly see a lot of different names floating out there. I, I'm glad to see Joe Madden. It took very little time for him to get a new job. I still think, I mean, the best managers in this game are some of the older guys in terms of their ability to blend 
the numbers with the human side of the equation, which is always going to be a factor. Just listen to Ron Gardenhire for one day, and you understand all the little things that go into making a good baseball player. I just think that Gardy, Francona, Madden are still three of the best in the game, which is why I would like to see a guy like Dusty Baker get another shot at managing. Mm-hmm. I have no idea if he's interested. But, you know, I was looking at this the other day because his name came up in relation to the Phillies, and, you know, mm-hmm. Bryce Harper has a relationship with him, obviously. But if you look at Dusty Baker's track record, outside of the his tenure with the Cubs, last three years in San Francisco, 90-plus wins. Mm-hmm. Three of his last four years in Cincinnati, 90-plus wins. you know how many times Cincinnati's won 90 games in the last 15 years other than when Dusty Baker was there? None. Zero. <laughs> they haven't won more than 85 games. I mean, this wasn't like, oh, well, they provided him with all this talent and he turned it into a winner. Of course, no. Nobody else has done anything in Cincinnati except Dusty Baker. Two years in Washington, 95 and 97 wins. I, I mean, it's just like I love people say, well, he's the old school. Guess what? He knows how to get the most out of his players. Right. And if you throw a lot of analytics at him, he's going to understand that that's part of the game. But he also understands, like Ron Gardenhire, like Terry Francona, like Joe Madden, that the human side of the equation, how you motivate, how you get the most out of people, is still a big part of winning. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I would love to see Dusty Baker, if he's interested, get that job in Philly or wherever he, he might be interested. Because I just think he's a winner. And I just he deserves another shot. Yeah, well, I'm I'm hoping the Mets get somebody good because I think they're pretty darn close, and I think the Padres and Phillies are pretty close to uh, really turning it around. I know Ethan is a huge Padre fan. He thought jo- Joe Madden would be great in San Diego. I, I just think the Padres have a lot of young talent that could be coming up within the next year. That with the right person at the helm, and I'm sorry, I know Brad Osmus's name has been connected. I don't want Brad Osmus there. Mm-mm. I just don't think he's the right motivator for these younger guys mm-hmm. to get them to be maybe next year a 70-win team and then knowing another year a 90-win team. They right. got the talent. Yes, they're in a tough division, but they got the talent to compete in that division mm-hmm. with the right person at the helm. And I was hoping Joe Madden may have considered going there. Kind of now I'm hoping maybe hmm. Joe Girardi. I know that's a real long shot, but I could see him I'll with the Mets. T- I could see him with the Mets or the yeah. Phillies, but I, you know, if he would consider going to San Diego, I wouldn't mind that either. But Dan's got me sold now on Dusty Baker. I want him with the Mets now. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Hey, I don't know about the Mets, Tommy. You can look at the last—I I swear, the last ten years. I love you know how at the end of every offseason, of like course. who won the offseason. I think the Mets have won the offseason seven or eight times in the last ten years. <laughs> and it just doesn't ever seem to, to pan out. Hey. I mean, legitimately, they were thought of as a contender in the East. It just seems like they, they make these, these bold moves and good moves, and they, they win the offseason, quote-unquote, and <laughs> it never translates. It's a weird thing to me. <laughs> well, they bring Seattle's closer over, and, you know, he, he craps wow. himself in New York. Let's face <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> he takes a special guy to pitch there. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, before we let you go, Dan, I'm not letting you go without talking about uh, the Lions game the other night. And, uh, you and I were on the phone and uh, texting back and forth. And I mean, we knew the five field goals, the four field goals were going to come back. The five field goals were going to come back and, and, and nip us in the end. We knew we were going to lose by one point. I mean, we just knew, and we hear the national people are finally on our side with the referees. But you know what? It's been this has been 
this is hell, man. This is hell. It's hard being a Lions fan. That's hell. I yeah. You. I mean, I and I am. I'm just a diehard, and I just <laughs> I love the Lions. I really. I just what they've had one playoff win in my oh. lifetime. I'm I'm really hoping for two. Okay. Just, let's just start with <laughs> with on, that. Man. It was a simple small Give us a goal. Break. But I love Matthew Stafford. I love watching him play. That game the other night was just really frustrating as a fan because, and this is why I liked instant replay being brought into baseball. I never like a game being decided, and I don't think it usually is decided by a bad call. But, and I like, you know, I'd never really listened to uh, Booger McFarlane, and I, I thought he was really good the whole game. But I thought because he, I just think he analyzes the game really well he as does. it's unfolding. Mm-hmm. I, and his analysis was terrific. Yeah. But then it, that carries more weight to me with this guy who's really watching the game. He's obviously played the game. And when he says, no, that's a bad call mm-hmm. that first hands to the face, that's you get the ball back leading by nine with ten minutes to go in the oh, fourth yeah, quarter yeah. if that call is not made. Mm-hmm. I like their chances. I, just, I was very frustrated with how the calls seemed to just uh, – take that that game away from the Lions. I know they had to settle for five field goals, but still, they played the Packers really well. And that helmet-to-helmet hit earlier in the game really kicked me off. The guy's going for the ball. And I loved loved that he said, he didn't didn't hedge it at all, right? He just said, hey, I love they brought in the the analyst, the the rules guy. He's Mm -hmm. like, what is the defender supposed to do here? Correct. And they said, nothing other than what he did. He's going for the ball. That was an awful call mm-hmm. but i like the fact that they they were very clear about their opinion of it i've played the game the rules guy knows what the rule is mm-hmm. so that that to me i mean it made it more frustrating but i really appreciated the fact that they didn't hedge and go well that's a it could go either way no right. that's a bad call yeah no doubt about it and dan dickerson our guest and uh, before we say goodbye dan i gotta leave you 13 years ago almost to the day i still get chills man i think this is one of the top three Detroit sports moments in history. Listen. The 1 0 swinging a fly ball. Left field is deep. It's way back. The Tigers are going to the World Series. Three run walk off Paul run. Oh, man. Ojoji has the round third. He's into a box seat at home. The Tigers have beat the A's six to three, completed a four-game sweep in one of the greatest turnarounds in baseball history. Oh man, Dan, you nailed it, brother! <laughs> you nailed it. I get the chills still. That's man. the voice. That's the voice of Detroit right there. I tell you what. Oh God, man! Uh, hey, tell these guys up. Uh, People called you up after that game, and didn't they turn your call into like into a bottle opener? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. A bottle yeah. opener. <laughs> you know, and they, and I was disappointed because they didn't seem like they marketed very they well. They didn't market it. No, no, not at all. I would have bought two. <laughs> oh. How awesome, man! I mean, just just go, go to that. Take me through that day one more time, just so I could leave on a on a positive note. <laughs> I always just remember the bottom of the ninth. You know, they're up three games to none, obviously, and the, so the game is tied and. the what I remember is the whole kind of unfolding scene in the clubhouse. And Ethan, you can appreciate this. So there's like, do we put the plastic up? Yeah. Uh, we have to have the plastic ready to cover up all the lockers for the celebration. But it's 3-3. They could lose this game. We can't. And Ordonez is up fifth that inning. And this, as the story goes, as told by the people who were, who were there, 
you know, two outs, bases empty. And so Maglio's still three batters away. And he literally said, I, I wish I could remember who he said it to, but it's like, put the plastic up. I'm going to win this thing. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's bases empty, two outs in a 3-3 game. And then it's single, single, and you're thinking, okay, because Meg wasn't a, a big power hitter that year. I think he had 24 home runs. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking you have to anticipate what's going to happen, right? And, and so I'm anticipating single to right field because he just had that knack for driving in runs. Mm-hmm. And I'm picturing a single to right field and then play at the plate. And then he hits the home run. And I think that's part of that call is the surprise in my voice. <laughs> is, is just, I, I mean, it was, thank God it was a no-doubter. And that, that was the fun part. I mean, I was not expecting that. And it was such a great way to end it. And uh, the the joy in that ballpark is something. I I mean, you could, you literally, the the booth was shaking. Uh-huh. I mean, that's how the, that ballpark was. The reverberations in that <laughs> ballpark and the the pure joy. It was this is just one of my favorite moments. I ever. think all of Michigan was just yeah. electric because I was on the other side of the state when that happened when I was a little bit younger and. You could just feel the energy mm-hmm. in Michigan, like something shifted in the lakes. Yeah. <laughs> so I got a I got a funny story of when I was listening to that call. We were driving home from uh, services. Mm-hmm. We had gone to services that Friday night, and uh, in the middle of our service, it was must have been like the seventh inning. The rabbi comes up to the uh, you know the pulpit, <laughs> and he's like. And by the way, the score right now is three to three in the Tiger game. <laughs> so we're going to hurry the service along so everybody can get home and uh, tune in. Bless you, Rabbi. <laughs> hey, Dan, thanks a million for coming on. I love you, man. And uh, hey, sp- spread the word on our little upstart network here, NRM Streamcast. Tell everyone uh, that we mean business. We want to we want to play ball and uh, have some fun out there. And thanks a million for coming on, brother. You know, we haven't even talked right, about yeah. our our WJR days yet. We got to do a story on a show on that. <laughs> Anytime, guys. You really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks, Thanks so much, Dan. Thank you, Dan. You're the man. Dan Dickerson, the voice of the Tigers. Thanks very much. Uh, we, we kept Dan uh, overtime there, but how do you. I mean, I can keep him for freaking hours. We used to do a five hour show together. I understand. Steve I Courtney, that. Dan Dickerson, and myself. It was called Sports Rap yeah. on WJR. Mm-hmm. It was the longest running sports show. Mm-hmm. It was the first sports show in Detroit. And, you know, it ran, and then WFA, WDFN was born. Mm-hmm. We had a little rivalry with them. And then. Yeah. The uh, WJR wound up losing the Tigers and Red Wings to the upstart WXYT, yep. mm-hmm. which now became the ticket. The so ticket. You know, yep. there's your history of. Uh, but what a guy, man! And Love I saw him. him at his first game, uh, sitting next to Ernie Harwell. Yeah. And they were gonna let him do an inning with mm-hmm. Ernie, and I was right there behind him when he was doing it. It was mm-hmm. that old Tiger Stadium. I mean, but and the no guy's one, a natural man. I was natural. Say, there was no one better to learn from, though. No. Yeah, I mean, Ernie, Ernie Harwell. Is Ernie was the voice of Detroit, yeah. and then Dan now is the voice of Detroit. Yeah. Totally, that's phenomenal. Yeah. Hey, we want to thank one of our sponsors, a good friend of mine, Mr. Matt. He's been serving Metro Detroit's floor mat needs for over fifty years. Let your business slip and fall into savings with them before winter hits. I like that. <laughs> slip into fall. <laughs> they also offer logo mats, and we're going to get some logo mats here for the studio. Uh, for office and restroom cleaning, restroom supplies, window cleaning. Call these guys. Don't call those big guys. Call Mr. Matt. Call them at 800-344-0095, or email my friend Joe at joe at mrmattrental.com. That's joe at Rental. Dot com. Mr. Matt here on The Wrap, uh, Tom Azaway, uh, Corey Stewart, and uh, my man Ethan uh, with us here today. And I love those stories about uh, your, your 
your uh, ballpark days, man, as uh, the Bat Boy, yeah, Batman. I mean, there, there, there are so many things that you know, as a casual fan, you kind of wonder what what do what happens in the clubhouse. My biggest question was always, how old are some of these Bat Boys and Ball Boys? Because like you know, they use the word boy, boy, yeah. right? But they don't look like children. No. So what is you know, the age? How do you become a Bat so Boy? So my story is actually a very unique one. In high school, senior year. I'm in my writing class, and we were assigned to write letters to an organization, a politician, you know, a dead relative, whoever we wanted to. And then for extra credit, if we sent it, you know, we got extra credit. Sweet. Uh, The day the assignment was due, I did not like what I had written. I was originally writing something, I believe, to Apple or Microsoft, Mm -hmm. and I decided to scrap it. My teacher said, as long as you can write the other letter in 20 minutes, you you can scrap this one. I wrote the letter to the Tigers, and I... Did you address it to Dave Dombrowski? Who did you address it to? I addressed it to, to whom this may concern. (laughs) Okay. Um, Might have been Jim Schmankel at the time, who was a Tiger clubhouse manager. It is Jim Schmankel. And, um, but at the time when you find the address, they don't tell you who to address it to. So, um, anyways, I... I hesitate on sending it, and my teacher and my friends in the class pushed me and were like, you gotta send it, come on. Yeah. Um... Two weeks later, I get my original letter back in the mail. Jim Schmankel had sent me my original letter back and said, call me. <laughs> wow. Here's the number. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, in the beginning of January, we had a snow day. I went down for an interview, got the job that day, and uh, wow. next thing I know, I'm helping load the truck. The, the caravan? Uh, the, yeah, the trucks up for uh, Florida. Wow. <laughs> Better than my life. Well, story. there you go. Everyone, <laughs> anyone that's listening, that's well, how you become yeah, a bad boy. That's right. And the best, write your letters. The best part of that story, and it meant so much to me, was I didn't work opening day, but I worked the next game. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm a guy who I liked being in school. I liked learning, but I had to miss school that day because you know we start at if it's a one o'clock game, you start at like seven in the morning, sure. and you don't finish till if a game ends at four, you're not gone till like seven or eight o'clock at night. Right. So a 10, 12 hour day. And uh, I found out the next day that uh, they sat down in the auditorium of the school and watched the game. Wow. So, to me, that was like the best thing that, you did know. Did they see you at all? I, I guess they did, yeah. because I did have a ball come at me, and being my first day, the first <laughs> time. The, no, the first time. Oh, Were you no, sitting no, at first or third base? I was sitting right field line. Okay. But On the bucket? Um, it's a stool, actually. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I always thought it was a bucket, the, too. The, the first time the ball came at me, um, I stood up and I stepped out of the field to play, but I forgot to bring the stool with oh. me. Luckily, the ball came nowhere near the stool, right. and the player came nowhere near the stool. But uh, I do have a great story with Carlos Beltran. Who when might he, be the manager of the Mets he coming was, up. When yep. he was with the Yankees, he had a line shot down first base. Cabrera did not make the play. Hmm. Uh, ball hits, so if people don't know, at at Comerica Park, they got the railing. Mm-hmm. But underneath the railing, you got concrete. Yep. Uh, the ball hit the concrete as it's screaming towards Ooh. me. It's going up. I'm coming into field it because I think it's just going to roll to me. It's going to right in the face. It was about to go over my head. I made a leaping, I made a leaping grab, and the person in the front row sitting right next to me that day was my older brother. 
Wow. So I was able to give him the ball nice. after making what I call an ESPN top 12 play. Wow. Nice. Did Beltran come up to you and say, nice play? No. Oh, no, no, of course not. <laughs> So what is your duties as a bat boy? Do you walk in at seven in the morning? What do you got to do? You got to put everyone's it's, uniform so out. Dep- depending on what you, where you were positioned that day. So if you were on the field, you had specific jobs before the game and after the game. But if you were in the clubhouse, you had uh, specific jobs. When you're on the right field line, my job in the morning was making sure that the bathroom was in order. <laughs> so stuff was, you know, cleaned up. You know, enough toilet paper and all the stalls. Who blew up the toilet the most? I'm not sure. All I know, all I know, the one thing that irritated me was when the guys would use the hair gel and the different yeah. stuff that was laid out. Some of them would just like throw it in, into the sink yeah. instead of like just placing it yeah. on the counter. They're so or used to throwing the everything. They throw yeah. everything on the ground. And yeah. when I see them in the dugout, mm-hmm. I'm like, a, I'm not a clean freak, no, but, but I like clean. I hate when they throw crap oh, on the Just I throw know, it yeah. in the garbage, just right yeah. there. Two yeah. feet. I mean, come on. Yeah. Give me a break, yeah. you spoil. But then after the game, after the game, I'd have to, uh, I'd have to vacuum the entire clubhouse from the Son training, from the training room through the kitchen down to the coach's room. Would you have an auric? Did you have a dirt yeah. devil? Uh, you, no, you it was a, you know, it's hilarious because it What's was, the official a, it was vacuum? a really old vacuum and it kept breaking down. It's probably a it just, no, it just said vacuum. vacuum. That's, all, that's how old it was. But you know, the the part that I, I admire. From the Comerica, from the Comerica staff, is you know Jim Schmankel. He, you know, he is a hard person to work for because he expects the best, the best. Yeah, he's been there forever. And um, you know, there's, you know, it truly made me into. I don't want to call perfectionist, but if one chair was out of line, he'd call you out on it. Mm-hmm. He wanted all the chairs in the clubhouse facing on an angle towards his office. Yeah, nice. So. It, it was a great experience. That's There's great, no man. doubt about that. Did you get a lot of good swag? Yeah, you got you know you got your swag at the beginning of the year. Um, I, I believe I've told you the story about Gene Lamont asking me where my hat was. Uh-huh. When, uh, no, I haven't it heard was, that. It was my first or second day. We were out on the field for BP, and when you're the ball boy for the left or right field, you kind of go to whatever side yours yours is mm-hmm. before the game, and you're fielding the balls and throwing them in. Or if they go in the stands, you have to go and get them because. You can't have cannonballs flying everywhere. Um, And one day, Gene Lamont just comes up to me. He's like, where's your hat? It's like my second or third day on the job. I'm like, I didn't get one. He's like, you better go talk to Jim. You need a hat. It's like dress code around here. I'm like, okay. So I went inside after a BP. I'm like, yeah, I was told I need to get a hat. He's like, yeah, Lamont, call you out on it. Oh, boy. Yep. Why did Schmankel let you go out without a hat? Well, so that was the thing because of when I was hired. Yeah, they that was the busy time of getting stuff ready for spring training. I got it. So a lot of stuff I didn't get till the my first day of work, <laughs> and uh, hat must have just you know. Now, have you gone been, to Lakeland before? I have never been down to Lakeland. How about you, Corey? I have. It's amazing. It's phenomenal, town. Oh my it? gosh! My parents go down to Jacksonville, and me and my dad drove from. How long is it from Jacksonville? It's about. Uh, it's about five, four, four, five it's hours. That long, huh? give or take. Mm. Maybe so I was. Jacksonville like I right at the beginning of Florida, then yeah, coming from Michigan. Coming down, but gorgeous. Love that oh, park. Oh, it's great. Joker Marchant yeah. is one of the oh, best yeah. parks mm-hmm. in, the, in the mind. When they were redoing it, um, we had the in the clubhouse. You would see the. Uh, Diagrams that they made of how everything is going to look. Mm-hmm. It looks amazing. I want to get down there one day. Unfortunately, yeah, I never should. had the opportunity to work 
during spring training because I was always traveling mm-hmm. with the baseball team at Bowling Green. They will right. do it. They will do a show down there this spring. That would be great. That sounds good to me. Yeah. Then we can go to Disney World because it's. Disney yeah, it's World's not far. Right it's right an hour. Right Remember right when I went with <laughs> right Dan? Now. Yeah. At, at night, uh-huh. it was so boring in Lakeland. We actually <laughs> uh, drove to Orlando, and, and we went to a movie, and then walked the park, and had a good dinner. Nice. There's plenty to do, man. Yeah, plenty to do in Florida. But not in Lakeland, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no. I mean, you got one, one place to eat, a yep. couple of senior citizen mm-hmm. joints, and that's yeah. it. And that's it. In Lakeland. the ballpark. Yeah. Hey, that's, uh, that's great, man. Ethan Perlman, our uh, official bat boy. That's I love that. <laughs> the only thing I hate about being a bat boy is I wish they would like give you a number. Because I hate the yeah, blank. Yeah. I hate the mm-hmm. blank where it says Bat Boy. Well, yep. Give them a number. Give so, a number. Some, some organizations do or the, the Dodgers. One hundred two. The Dodgers <laughs> give their Bat Boys and Ball Girls numbers. Yeah. And they have the name on the back. That's the last great. name. The Tigers are one of the few organizations that don't do that. But there, I've also seen organizations where they don't put anything on the jersey but the team name on the front. Right. Right. Which I think you know you should still either put BB or Ball Boy, Bat Boy. BB. Yeah. Yeah. No. Hey, ch- hey, check for a second. See if uh, the Yankee game is still rolling. Game four is in peril uh, today in New York That's at right. Yankee Stadium. A lot of rain mm-hmm. on the East Coast, especially in the uh, metro area. So mm-hmm. right now the Astros lead that series 2-1. to one. The winner of that series will take on the Washington Nationals, who swept the Cardinals away yesterday in uh, fine fashion, 7-4, to four, outscoring them 20-5 to five in that series. And, of course, two near no-hitters in a series mm-hmm. that you really don't see no. the teams do that anymore. But, uh, no. again, seven manager jobs still open. Joe Madden signing with the Angels. They'll make it official tomorrow. That leaves the Cubs, Pirates, Mets, Padres, Phillies, and Giants in the mm-hmm. NL, and Kansas City in the AL. Now, Carlos Beltran said he wouldn't sign with anyone but the Mets, but I could see him going to Kansas City, too. He did yeah. play there for a bit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Broke uh, in with them. Game four has been postponed. First pitch will be Friday at 7.08 there p.m. There it is. No, no, no. It's got to be on Thursday. It's got to be Thursday. It's got to uh, be tomorrow. I don't know. I'm seeing game. Oh, game four. Yes, first pitch on game five, seven oh eight Friday. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. so game four will be tomorrow, and yes. I'm not sure if it's going to be a bullpen game again, or they'll redo uh, Masahiro Tanaka another, against Zach Greinke. Another uh, Yankees another need that game. Wait, this this could possibly be bad for the Washington Nationals because mm-hmm. it's another yep. day of sitting and waiting. We and know about that. Cold. We yep. know about that mm-hmm. twice with the Tigers that mm-hmm. they swept away their foes only yep. to wait yep. a week or more. And you can't do that in baseball. No. You're used no. to playing every day. It's when um, you're hot, you're hot. you got to stay hot. Yep. Hey, and let's with, talk about with that, Joe, with that Joe Madden piece, though, real quick. It, is, sorry, a, it is a reported three-year deal. Nice. Three years. I don't see him Good leaving him. there. I don't see I don't him leaving see there. No. He it's likes it's his wine country. LA. He'll be sipping his oh, wine. Oh, gosh. He's got it made. The only thing I thought he'd stay in the National League because he loves tinkering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you don't tinker as much in the AL. You got your DH, which True. I think should be in every in both leagues. I believe so, should too. Should we argue about the DH one of these days? The one day. One day, yeah. <laughs> That's right. a whole segment. Are you a DH so. guy? I'm either for doing it in both leagues or doing pitching, batting in both no leagues. No way. You don't go backwards. Don't <laughs> you think. don't go backwards. You don't go backwards. I, I enjoy watching voice. pitchers hit, but that's just me. I don't want to see the pitchers hit. NFL trade deadline is uh, coming up here, October 29th. Usually, you don't see anybody moving. Not really. The meat is moving sure. these days. Jalen Ramsey leaving. Finally, he got his wish. Mm-hmm. He uh, you know, was kicking and screaming. He wanted to leave Jacksonville. He goes over to the L.A. Rams. Listen to this with the Rams. Give up two first-round picks. Mm -hmm. But the Rams have traded their last five first-round picks. In 2017, they traded Tennessee to move up to get Jared Goff. Yep. In 18, they get Brandon Cooks from New England. Mm -hmm. They gave him a first round. In 19, they picked up extra picks. 
They give them to Atlanta, their number one pick. And now the 20 and 21 goes to Jalen Ramsey's, goes to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. They're not picking number one until 2022. Are they shooting themselves in the foot, you think? Well, they're building a certain way. They're building yeah, I get it. now, and they move into their mm-hmm. palace yep. next season mm-hmm. with the San Diego yeah. Chargers. Excuse me, the L.A. Chargers. I think they had a hot run last year. I think they got lucky going into the Super Bowl well, the, because the, my Saints The got Saints robbed. were the better team two uh, years in a row. And again, another officiating. Yeah, yeah terrible. I, uh, terrible. I think they're shooting themselves in the foot with giving away so many first-rounders. I mean, no. honestly, it's it's. Not, I agree. I just don't think that that's a smart move on a, on a franchise to do that, especially when you've seen what you mm-hmm. have done, and then when you walked into the into the you know Super Bowl yeah. and you couldn't score more than three points into the fourth. Well, quarter. Bill Belichick yeah. knew how to beat him. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can thank Matt Patricia for mm-hmm. the blueprint. Oh, yeah, exactly. To oh, totally. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. Uh, the L.A. Rams now have three of Jacksonville's last five first-round picks. Mm-hmm. Blake Bortles, Dante Fowler, <laughs> and uh, now Jalen Ramsey. Now, Jalen Ramsey, used to he's whining about Blake Bortles. Now he gets to play with him again, <laughs> even go. though he is the backup. Yep. But he's one play away from playing with him again. Sure. The Rams also trade cornerback Marcus Peters. They don't need him anymore because they got Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. He goes to Baltimore for inside linebacker Kenny Young in a fifth-round draft pick. So they were busy yesterday. And uh, we'll have to see how it all shakes out. Will the Lions make a move? There's some names out there that perhaps maybe the Lions will go out after. Mm-hmm. Who do you think the Lions that? need in terms huh. of maybe. anywhere? I mean, defensively, I think we're doing all right. I think uh, our corners are pretty—I mean, I know we're getting a little you know, tired back there in Slay. I think it's still all right in that position. Um, you know, offensive line, I kind of think we need Everyone to Everyone needs offensive, offensive line. And Trent, line and Trent Williams uh, right. from the, Ran- the Redskins. The Red, yeah, mm-hmm. but Washington's not going to deal him. No, Washington's made it very clear. Sure. They're not. And by the way, the XFL drafted yesterday and today. Yes, the XFL. <laughs> Connor Cook drafted by uh, the Houston Roughnecks as their number one draft pick. So Connor Cook has got a home. And uh, yesterday they had all the quarterbacks go to each different team. So uh, we'll see how that goes. By the way, the Titans going with Ryan Tannehill this week. They wow. benching Marcus Mariota. Hey, guys, we got to wrap it up here. It's going really quick. But don't forget Lions Wrap coming up on Sunday from Mr. Joe's in Southfield. Come on out and see us two hours before the kick. So we're there at 11 in the morning. Most kicks are going to be 1 o'clock. So we'll be there at 11 in the morning. For the 4 o'clock kick, we'll be there at 2 in the afternoon. So come on out and see us. We'll be live. We'll bring the wrap back this Friday. We're going to talk the NFL. We're going to have mm-hmm. some gambling to talk about. Mm-hmm. Lots to go. Yeah, I want to thank and my... don't forget your fantasy sports. That's, yeah, right. that's right. We will tell you who to who start to and who not to start. <laughs> we got Corey and Ethan in the house here. want to thank them and the guys behind the glass. Kelsey, Angel, Steven, Andy, subbing on the for us on the phones. Thanks to Dan Dickerson again. This is Tom Mazaway with The Wrap on NRM Streamcast. See you next time.